Hey everybody, my name is Kyla. Welcome to my channel where I talk about the stock market and the economy amongst other things. Today we're going to be talking about the Federal Reserve in context of TikTok's core core. I also published a piece, just as a heads up, in New York Magazine on the six things that the Fed has to pay attention to and how tough their balancing act is right now. I'll link that in the show notes below. I also made a TikTok about it, but yeah, go check that out go get a, a read. And let's talk about core core. So there's this trend on TikTok called core core. I have actually done it on my alternate channel and have been doing it for a while on my alternate channel but only recently has it really started to take off as a trend. It takes from other trends like goblin core and cottage core and pokes an ironic stick into the middle of them. Core core is this reflection of the internet on the internet which is really interesting. It's a compilation of a lot of other videos from clips like Goodwill Hunting or Inception or The Joker from different podcast interviews from different news segments from other TikToks and they're all stitched together to convey this deeper sense of meaning. It's a message against internet culture. It's a message against capitalism. It's a message against income inequality. For the good videos the message is meant to evoke some sort of feeling. And it's similar to Dadaism in the post-World War One era, where the only response to an absurd world is to make absurd things. And I would say that the younger generation has grown up in a really strange world. For many of them, myself included, 9-11 was pretty much a defining moment of our toddlerhood. Childhood was marked by the great financial crisis, and young adulthood has been haunted by the pandemic. Every generation has some sort of defining features similar to this. The world is constantly cycling in and out of the good and bad. But for this generation, their time is marked by social media. Media, that constant pit of comparison and internet points. And I think that's why the core core movement is exceptionally powerful. It's holding up a meta lens to what is happening. So it's a mirror reflecting upon itself. It's social media creating media about social media. And if you watch some of the videos, you can sense this thread of pain that people are pulling on. It's different than Dadaism because it does have that chaos and anti-bourgeoisie sentiment, but it isn't nonsensical. It makes a lot of sense. Gen Z nihilism is no secret and it bleeds into finance too. As Elizabeth Lopato wrote back in 2021, in the article, Robin Hood has figured out how to monetize financial nihilism. Are there any people under the age of 40 who have ever thought markets were something besides a casino? Meme trades aren't the cause of widespread distress, they're the symptoms of it. And those people under 40 who think finance is for gambling, they're the lucrative part of Robin Hood's user base. Legal issues aside, it seems like Robin Hood has a good business model for monetizing financial nihilism, which is the kind of thing investors might get excited about. There was a recent piece that dove into financial nihilism a little bit more with a relatively dark take that stems from the belief that money means nothing and there therefore it ends up meaning everything. Not to get too metaphorical, but I think the Fed is charged with creating aspects of financial nihilism. I think that the Fed has these really influential elements of core core <laughs> threaded through their actions. And I don't mean to laugh, but like that's a ridiculous sentence to say, but I think it's true. There's a short memoir called The Crane Wife by somebody called CJ Hauser. It's a beautiful, beautiful piece. CJ had recently broken off an engagement and headed Texas to study whooping cranes for a novel. In it, she writes, here's what I learned once I began studying whooping cranes. Only a small part of studying them has anything to do with birds. Instead, we counted berries, counted crabs, measured water salinity, stood the mud, measured the speed of the wind. It turns out if you want to save a species, you don't spend your time staring at the bird you want to save. You look at the things it relies on to live instead. You ask if there's enough to eat and drink. You ask if there's a safe place to sleep. Is there enough here to survive? When you want to save something, you look at what it needs to be alive. This gets into the Fed's economic path. You know, that's how monetary policy works, right? Like we have to look at the things that we need need to survive to figure out how to save something. Right now, the Fed is paying close attention to wages, an attempt to slow the labor market, an attempt to slow hiring, an attempt to slow the economy, an attempt to slow inflation. Wages are the thing that we rely on to live. When you want to destroy something, look at the things it relies on to live. And I don't think that the Fed is trying to destroy the labor market. I don't think the Fed is trying to destroy us. I truly don't believe that 
that's the their meta angle. Jerome Powell doesn't want to be Arthur Burns, but I don't think he wants to be Volker either. Instead of piecing together different clips to tell a story, the Fed pieces together different data points to fuel the narrative. The Fed raised rates by 25 basis points at their meeting, a signal that disinflation is moving throughout the economy, but that there is still more work to do. So one concept of this is rates higher for longer. They said that ongoing increases would be appropriate, hinting that raising rates north of 5% would make sense. Then the question will become, how long should rates stay high for? And rates are not high enough yet, according to the Federal Reserve. Jerome Powell actually sounded somewhat stoked, good stuff, on the disinflationary signals, but kept mentioning that they needed substantially more evidence to really believe that inflation was gone. They're following this economic path. They really want to get us back to 2% inflation, the ability to purchase most goods at relatively reasonable prices. But along the way, we're going to have to deal with slower growth, a tick down in the labor market, and a softening in wage growth. And I did a TikTok on the economic path if you want to go check that out. But what does the Fed want? They want to see softer prints in core services like shelter, which has been printing softer, and that's things like transportation, haircuts, etc., just services that we pay for. They want to see the labor market chill out, and they expect the economy to grow slowly over the coming months. But this disinflation is moving throughout the economy. There's recessionary warning signals flashing, right? Companies are clearly showing some pain despite spending continuing to run at 140% of pre-pandemic levels as Visa reported, so people are still out there spending money. The labor market is holding steady, even as parts of it get hammered like tech, rents are slowing, the housing market is kind of chilling out, and we're getting more and more ships. But the worry is that all these things that have gotten better will get worse again. The Fed doesn't want to declare victory while inflationary soldiers are still out on the battlefield. But the battlefield is melting to a certain extent. Manufacturing is probably in a full-on recession. 15 out of the 18 industries said, yeah, things kind of suck a lot out here and none of the industries saw a rise in new orders. They are still maintaining headcount and anticipation of a stronger next half of 2023, but buyers and sellers are on a full-out brawl in pricing. The labor market is doing okay-ish, but Powell thinks it's extremely tight and out of balance. There are more job openings quite noticeably in leisure slash hospitality, construction, trade, and transport, but the quit rate moderates, so people are not able to like, quit their jobs at the same extent, which means that the labor market is slowing down. Skanda from Employment America has talked about this a lot. The quit rate is really what matters here. It's continuously falling, which underlines some weakness in the labor market, which is what the Fed wants to see, but they're not paying attention to. Wages are falling too. The Employment Cost Index, which measures wages and benefits, increased only 1% in Q4 2022, which was the smallest move in a year. Real wages are lower today than December 2019. Haha, <laughs> yay. Ugh, the Fed loves to see that. Wages are returning to trend. People are not making a lot of money. Even in qualitative data, inflation is no longer everyone's main concern. Instead, it's government slash poor leadership, which I'm also concerned about too. Inflation expectations are anchored. Powell is getting his rational inattention for inflation, which is good. There are hard data points showing a slowdown and some showing a pickup, but all the indicators that MBER looks at to determine if we're in a recession are saying, no, like we're not in a recession here, everybody. Like everything is fine. The IMF increased their global growth forecast. Meta had a great earnings report, <laughs> a good sign for tech, I guess. And part of the excitement is that they could be replacing the people that they laid off with AI and they're doing a $40 billion buyback. So everyone's really excited about that. Like, sure, fine. That's technological progress, I guess. The Instagram guys have a new AI startup and one of the original founders of Google is coming back to Google to do AI stuff. So AI is definitely going to take hold over the coming years and workers could be continuously displaced. The reason that I bring this up is hopefully we don't rely on the Fed to cut rates to fix this problem. Like we have serious issues coming forward in the labor market and the Fed right now wants to hammer home the labor market. But the issue is that the labor market could be essentially pulverized <laughs> instead of hammered. But the Fed is still charged with, at least for the next few months, with purporting this narrative of nihilism. They can't be dovish because then the ultimate pricer of nihilism, the markets will freak out. They'll sing with glee. And so it did actually when Powell yesterday was like, yeah, markets go up, whatever. And uh, now they're pricing in rate cuts uh, by the end of the year and high-fiving each other and saying, yes, we did it. We're amazing. We're the worst ever. But Jerome Powell basically accidentally gave markets 
markets the green light saying that financial conditions have tightened everything's okay and so the markets rejoice because that's what markets do markets are loud and market fundamentalism has moved uh, many policy needles this year including BOE the Bank of England so the Federal Reserve is just gonna have to keep an eye out for the funkiness and the loudness of this market and so some final thoughts the Fed wants the market to take it seriously there's a level of meta irony to that because markets are almost always completely losing the plot stock market is not the economy you know whatever whatever but watching stock prices jump on news of layoffs like just what happened with Pinterest or AI integrations just like what are what are we doing here <laughs> and it's similar with core core it's an art movement that's really meant to be reflective of the monotony of the constant drive to like be on social media and to be welcomed into the cruel embrace of social media but the creators will sometimes say follow me or face reveal x number of subscribers at the end of the video and it's like that's not the point like you're supposed to be criticizing but you're becoming the very thing that you're criticizing and that's also like a weird level of meta irony falling into the pitfall of internet points while making videos about internet points and I get it. We all crave acceptance, me especially, to a very worrying degree sometimes. Core core is visualized nihilism, and the Fed's rate hike path is enforced nihilism. I don't like saying nihilism here because I think nihilism is like a very overused word, but just hang with me on that concept. Overall, the Fed is paying attention. They believe that they have more work to do in the battle against inflation, but it's a good thing that they're slowing their roll a little bit. And the thing is, like, I often think about why I get so amped up about this. And, you know, I make these economic TikToks almost every day, receive hundreds of comments almost every day. Every day I hear from people that things are not okay, that they're not okay, that things are big and hard and scary and confusing and that they're not doing well. And I think that's why I circle this point constantly of people are the economy. People are the economy. You're the economy. You matter. <laughs> like, I'm not saying that to be cliche, like it's true. But when we look at things like the stock market, it's an inefficient mechanism for evaluating the position of the average person and the economy is clouded with confusion. There's another poem that I really like called Ginsburg by Julia Vinograd. The poem tells the story of two friends during the Vietnam War where one friend decided to be funny to yell that the war was over and the war was not over. So when Ginsburg yelled, I ran down the street and leaned in the doorway of the sort of respectable down on its like cafeteria where librarians and minor clerks have lunch. And I yelled, the war is over. And a little old lady looked up from her cottage cheese and fruit salad. She was so ordinary, she would have been invisible except for the terrible light filling her face as she whispered, my son, my son is coming home. I got myself out of there and was sick in some bushes. And that was the first time I believed there was a war. Thanks so much for hanging out. Thanks so much for spending time with me. The New York Mag piece will be linked below. This is also a Substack podcast. I'm on TikTok, Instagram. <laughs> but yeah, I hope that you all are doing okay and hanging in there. And I will talk to you all very soon. Bye.